Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the blowout of the New York Jets, the Eagles quarterback situation, and we'll kind of get into the the bye week and what needs to change and what what needs to stay the same. Chris, before we do that, how you doing? Not too bad, man. I'm getting used to this whole bye week thing. You know, it's been a while since I mean, everybody else in the league has had theirs, and the, the Eagles finally get theirs in December. So it was a weird feeling. And how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, it, it was nice to have an exciting game to cover for once. And, uh, well, not for once, but, you know, <laughs> after last week. And, you know, it's not too bad driving to MetLife Stadium. You know, we only have one more road game to cover unless the Eagles make the playoffs. So what can you do? Anyway, um, Chris, let's get into it. What was your biggest takeaway from Sunday's game? Well, I thought the biggest takeaway for me was Miles Sanders. I know, well, I'm going to avoid the obvious with Gardner Minshew and, and his performance, but I'm going to go a little bit off the, off track a little bit and just say Miles Sanders. I thought that when the Eagles really, truly needed to feed him the ball a lot and Sanders had to take the ball and, and shoulder a lot of the burden for the offense I thought he did a good job I mean I think this is one of the one of the games where I saw him be the most patient out of all the times like I've seen him since he's been in the league and he, he really let the offensive line create their holes and he was looked around saw the creeks the cracks in the in the line and he took advantage of it I mean especially on that was outside zone that one he he gained 34 yards on he was patient. He let the blocks develop. He put a foot in the ground and he just went. And that's what you want to see. I think I think some of the time watching Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, I, I think is being harped on a little bit more too. I think he's starting to pick up on that a little bit. And he was very, very I thought he was very effective. But we also got to look at now he's got that ankle injury. It was like it's nagging and he had to miss a substantial time. He left for fourth quarter again. So that's something that bears watch, man. What was your biggest takeaway? I, th- I just think the offensive line has been dominant. Like, I think when you look at the way this offensive line has been able to handle injuries, they're now down to their third right guard. They, you know, have, or I guess technically fourth because Landon Dickerson moved over. Um, they just haven't skipped a beat. Jeff Stoutland um, had to be evaluated at a hospital before the game. He returned in the second quarter. He's done an impeccable job. I mean, he continues to be the best assistant in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. Um, this offensive line just doesn't, you know, doesn't shake. Like, they they gave up four total pressures and no sacks with a backup quarterback they've never played with, who was a last-minute switcheroo. And, I, I, look, I, I think Minshew took advantage of that. He didn't have a great offensive line in Jacksonville. He played very well. He took what the the defense gave him, and the Eagles reaped the benefits. Now, let's not get blown away by all this. They played the Jets, who were 29th against uh, the pass and 27th against the run. This should have been a game that they won, even with a backup quarterback, because the Jets are playing at a basement level. But 
I think there was a lot of positives to take away from Nick Sirianni's performance. I thought his play calling was very good uh, between the 20s. Uh, Red zone play calling does need to get better, and we'll talk about that probably a little bit later. But uh, for the most part, they look, they had seven straight scoring drives. They didn't punt till two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So uh, overall, it was a success. But I think that offensive line can't get enough credit. And... Um, it's it just it's one of those things where uh, I, if Jason Kelsey's healthy after the bye week, it's you don't want to play this team because they can beat you with the run, even with Jalen Hurts not in there. They can they can beat you uh, with scheme at times. The defense is extremely inconsistent, and we got to get into that a little bit later. But for the most part, this offense, look, this is the sixth time they've gone over 30 points this season. The Giants haven't scored more than 30 points uh, twice in two years. Like, so those are some of the takeaways. Let's let's get into the quarterback situation because I, I do feel like there this – this is always a polarizing situation. It was polarizing last year. It was polarizing before Carson Wentz got here. Um, look, Gardner Minshew was efficient. He was effective. He was smart with the ball. He took what the defense gave him. He was accurate. Uh, the offense moved efficiently. efficiently. Like it, This was a good performance. It, we do need to take it in the context that they played the Jets, but I, I think to diminish any of Minshew's performance would be unfair to him because I do think he did what he needed to do. Um, I thought both throws to, to Goddard for the touchdowns were a tad underthrown, but he got it to where he needed to get it, and the end result was positive. Um, I thought he kind of waned a little bit in the second half, but that's going to happen when you when you're tightening up and getting a little bit more conservative. Um, what did you take away from Minshew's performance? I thought he did well in the fact that he took what the defense gave him and he didn't force things too much when it came to the offense. And you saw a lot. I mean, it, so the game plan was a lot what we thought we were going to see. We thought we were going to see a lot of run plays and then we were going to see a lot of short passes. And that's what they, they pretty much did. He took advantage of the the outlets he used Miles Sanders, Boston Scott when he was finally him, but mainly Kenny Gainwell he used those used those guys as his outlets when he didn't see anything developing downfield and the shots he took were well one was a tendency break I mean that that one to his left side to to, to Goddard I was shocked it went to that side and it was even successful but I mean you know that like he with his game with his arm with his game and everything else like that he he's more of a rhythm trying to find anticipate the open windows within a short passing game and he took a, took advantage of that and he also did what they wanted to do he just take what to, to basically become a game manager and move the ball down the field and don't force anything don't turn the ball over he did just that so I thought he played within himself he didn't force things and I think that's something that can be a takeaway for his offense I think when Jalen Hurts eventually gets back in there to say hey you know what you don't have to necessarily try to make all the plays with your legs it's okay to take a five yard a five yard uh, out a uh, swing pass to one of the running backs let them get upfield and get as many yards as you can and just keep the ball moving downfield yeah, I think I think when we look at this, look, Nick Sirianni straight up said it. it, it there is no QB controversy here. Jalen's the guy. There's no way that you can um, that you can basically move on from Jalen Hurt. You can't Wally Pip him. I, I think he's shown enough that you've got to at least give him the chance to 
be demoted on his own merit, right? Um, One bad game against the Giants and one good game against the Jets for Minshew shouldn't be enough to move him. What's your take on the overall quarterback situation? That's right. It really really reminds me of the old school back in like the early 2000s when you look back when you had McNabb and McNabb was injured and then all of a sudden Coy Detmer came in and then he had, especially against that San Fran game where he he lit things up and people were like, I I remember distinctly, some people I knew were like, well, maybe McNabb's really not the guy. You should just go with Coy Detmer. His office is just self-sustaining. And then that's when his arm went down. He, he hurt his arm or shoulder or whatever. But I think for what you're seeing there, it's the same similar thing. And that hurts is the guy. He got injured his ankle. Minshew can come in and be that, that a, a good backup that can win you a game or two. He's not the long-term guy. I think he's more... He he he's good as a good backup quarterback. I think in the NFL, who can make some, uh, uh, he can start. I'll say this: he'll start. He'd be able to start on some of the bottom tier teams in this league. But I don't think I think that's his, well his ceiling when it comes there. When it comes to Minshew, he's good at coming in one, two, three games, keeping your team afloat before your starter comes back, and then you go from there. And that's exactly what he's doing it. But I think overall, just not only for the short-term future with Jalen Hurts and the amount of plays he can make with his legs and the potential that you see with him down the line within the next four games, I think long-term when you look for the future and the evaluation process, you need to know what you have for, for him. And he needs to get as much experience as he can for 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I agree. I I think, look, this is – Minshew is cheap. He's on this deal that will keep him here through next year. If they want to open up a competition next year between him, Hertz, and whoever they add, fine. But I think it's important to understand what's going on for the next, you know, four games with Jalen to see if he can can improve – Um, I think the improvements that he needs to make aren't necessarily difficult. Uh, I think he's been able to grow throughout the season in different ways, but he needs to be able to take what the defense gives him. And I think that's been something that has been hard for him to kind of click with. Um, You know, moving forward, would you, if he struggled against the, against Washington, would you bench him at, at halftime? If he, if he struggled early? No, I, I'm keeping him in there because when you look at the what he can do, like it's, I'm keeping him in there a to see to get him used to the experience and get him to work out of it, and b it seems like whenever it comes to a fourth quarter or late in the game, he seems something seems to click at him that he can move the ball down the field. We've seen a few games this year season where he's been able to put the team back in a position to potentially win the game. I mean, even the Giants game when he was struggling after he threw three intercept three interceptions, he got the team in the position to win, but we all know what happened with the drop. So I still think even if he's struggling, the only time I'd probably say you really have to truly think about replacing him is if the Eagles somehow often struggle like the three of the last four up to that Cowboys game. And they were still in a, somehow in a position to still make the playoffs with other teams losing. Then I'd seriously think about, okay, maybe you put Minshew in, may hurts. And I'm still probably leaning hurts, but it makes the decision interesting toward that last game of the season. But no matter what, I'm still going with hurts just because of what he brings to this offense. And I'm totally with it. So let's move on to the defense. What's the biggest issue you see with the defense? Oh, we're start. No, uh, when you look at just like, it just seems like teams have figured out what's going on and how to beat the Eagles. And 
it, it, and there wasn't any changes done. I thought, especially with Zach Wilson, and it looks like he he was beating them early on. I think he's he got the ball out quickly, which we've seen before. They were using a lot of slants and outs, and their run game wasn't truly that effective. So I didn't know why they weren't using pressing them more, trying to jam them, the receivers up at the line, and maybe bringing down an extra safety into the box a little bit more to basically stop that. They were using so many in, – in, Teams are doing this now. They're using screens to try to avoid the defensive rush. They they've been using basically get the ball quickly and try not to sit back there for five, six, seven seconds. And that's supposed to be what's killing the Eagles all season. And it wasn't until they started making the Eagles started making some of those adjustments, bringing people more more people into the second level and playing more press and and doing some other things stunts and finding other ways to pressures. They finally stopped it and they slowed Wilson down. And I also think it helped that the offense got a lead. So that they forced the Jets to really become a one-dimensional team, and I, I I know that the philosophy is not to give up the big play, to keep everything in front for the most part. But I think for right now, especially for the quarterbacks you'll be facing, you gotta be aggressive because at the very least, if you give up the big play and they score score quickly, we've seen this offense have the ability to score points down score a lot of points or to drive the ball down the field at least to give him a chance. And I think they're at the point now, just just I would stop with the shell, stop with the two safeties deep, stop letting everything go in front of you and just play be aggressive and play football. And I think when it comes to Gannon, it just seems like he gets in those ruts where he wants to be conservative and, and, and just play it as is, but he's letting Zach Wilson put up big numbers in the first half. I mean, well, when you look at it, the Jets, I saw that stat. The Jets had never had scored three touchdowns on their first three drives since 2014. And Jets have been bad for a very, very long time. And to allow that, it was just, it was mind-blogging. So throw out, for the rest of the season, throw out the the safe zone, unless you're up by like 14 or up late with and they're one-dimensional and just just go after the quarterback. I mean, what do you think they have to change schematically or philosophically in order to be successful? I I just think there needs to. I mean, they, look, I don't think they have the talent to run what Gannon wants to run, especially at linebacker. And so I think, look, I mean, it's a bend don't break defense. They're going. I mean, look, I I, I think crediting them with the first touchdown's kind of rough because a 75-yard or 79-yard kick return doesn't really set you off uh, in great position to start a game. But um, I just think it's one of those things where um, they don't have the talent right now. And I think to judge Gannon solely based on his play calls – um, it's tough, right? Because I do think there are a lot of people who view him as an up and comer in this league, but also like Joe Brady just got fired after a year and a half as the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. And I don't know if there was any young co- uh, coordinator viewed as well as him coming up. So it's just one of those things where I, I think you have to see him with upgraded talent to really kind of move on from him. Um, but then again, you have the chicken or the egg scenario. Hey, do you want to keep uh, moving 
like molding the defense to a coordinator who might not be ready for this. Right. Um, so I think it's a, it's a weird situation that they're in. Um, real quick, I, do, real quick. Do you think he's back next year? I do. I do. Same here. I, I don't, I, I, I'm very hesitant to move on from a coordinator after a year. I think that that's kind of not, I mean, look, there's nothing fair in the NFL, but I would say that, you know, the Eagles have shown patience in the past. I think they don't want to get into a situation where, you know, if they want to appeal to other coaches and bring in the best coaches, they have to also realize they just fired a head coach who won a Super Bowl three years after a Super Bowl. They also have to realize, you know, Jim Schwartz is well thought of amongst the league and he was still kind of constantly made a scapegoat. I think there needs to be some self-awareness here. And I think Gannon, look, who are you going to hire to replace him too? I think that's part of it as well this was a guy who was seen in league circles as a can't miss dude and so uh to just move on from him uh you know that that's that's kind of where i'm at that's good i i totally agree because i think i want to see what he does i want to see give him a chance to make some adjustments after a year and and see what he's learned Get more of his guys in there. Get the system acclimated. Get the players acclimated to the things, and go from there. Now, if it if they struggle next year, then I think you start to look around and see who's available at the end of next year, twenty twenty two. But right now, yeah, I don't really think he's back, and I think he should be given a year, another year to check change things as well. I, I think, um, yeah, I think I think that's that's all fair. Uh, what do you think is the biggest thing that needs to change during the bye week? Oh, that's a good question. I think if you're looking at, I think the biggest thing, well, A, oh, good choice. You're going off. Uh, you know, I'm going to say they, they, they need to find a way to get more pressure defensively. That's the biggest change because I, I look at the offense and, and for as much as the quarterback position is being scrutinized everything else they have everything else i think to at least move the ball down the field and look and and to be okay so i'm not looking so much as the offense i mean special teams is is special defense is more important special teams but i start looking at a new returner or kick kickoff returner potentially there but i think the biggest pressing need is doing a self-diagnosis and see what's wrong with this why is this defensive line not getting more sacks they're getting they're starting to get pressure and they're getting close but it's not enough that affects that that's making quarterbacks you know uncomfortable in the pocket and if teams are going to start like we mentioned earlier teams are going to start getting the ball out quickly how are you going to self and you're doing yourself scout how are you going to fix that they have to that's the main thing i think finding a way to get more pressure on a quarterback and creative ways and ways that aren't predictable so that Taylor Heineke, Dak Prescott, and potentially Daniel Jones, if he's back by then with his neck thing, it, that will make them feel uncomfortable in a pocket and get the ball and make put the ball into bad positions where they can potentially get turnovers. I think that's the biggest thing to look at. What, what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think... I agree with you. I, I think the pass rush is like the weirdest thing. Um, obviously, Hargrave is getting more double teams and, and everything, but like this read and react defensive line technique might need a switch up. 
you know, they were very successful with the attack first uh, looks that Schwartz had them do. And I, I just think if you're the Eagles, like if you don't force pressure against guys like Daniel Jones and Taylor and Tyler Heineke and, uh, and Dak Prescott, they're going to carve you up. I mean, that's just what it is. You can't play soft zone coverage and not have a pass rush. It's just not going to work. So, uh, again, I, I think that's the biggest thing. I'd also say maybe it's time that Marcus Epps gets more playing time. I know that sounds like super weird, but I think he's played very, very well. He showed very good instincts. PFF had him graded as one of the best run stopping safeties in the league. I believe, uh, entering this, this game and, and look, he's played very, very well. I think a lot of us have written him off, had written him off towards, uh, camp, but he has really, really played well. And I think Rodney McLeod has not, and so it could be time to make some changes uh, in that secondary. I do think that they really need to evaluate this roster and figure out who needs to play and who doesn't. Um, Jalen Rager, we saw get benched as a kick returner uh, after that horrible, horrible uh, fair catch attempt uh, where it bounced on the one. He had to pick it up to avoid a turnover and a likely touchdown. I don't know. It's it's got to be a few football IQ thing with it. I, I just like there's always something. Um, you know how Nick Sirianni says it's like always him <laughs> with, with Derek Barnett, but like with Jalen Rager, it really is like every game. There's something you can point to where it's like, huh? Really? Okay. Uh, not okay. <laughs> and so I think at the bye week, I think there needs to be a really critical conversation about some of these players, especially Jalen Rager. I think I think Nick Sirianni has to have a conversation with Jalen Rager in his office today or tomorrow and say, look, this is what we're seeing on tape. We want to help you. We want to make you better. We're not trying to alienate you. We're trying to teach you. But, like, you can't make mistakes like this. Like, it hurts the offense. And then in turn, it hurts the defense if, if the offense can't make up for it. And I just think when you're playing a battle for field position and you're going into this playoff run, you, you need to be able to count on everyone. Uh, it, it's kind of weird how they use Greg Ward and J.J. Single whiteside Those two guys are just not part of the offense outside of blocking. And I think, you know... Those guys have shown that they can make plays more consistently when targeted than Jalen Rager. So for him to outsnap Devontae Smith yesterday is bananas. I mean, Devontae Smith did have a have a uh, a bug entering the week. Maybe they thought that Rager was a better blocker, but I don't know if I agree with that. Um, Go for it. Yeah, it looked it looked like they were sorry set up that it looked like they were trying to set up, especially when they went at thirteen personnel. It looked like they wanted to set up a, a shot down the field where they were attempting to go. They were going to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, then boot out and then take a shot downfield. Rager. So I could, I, I see, I think I see why they put him in there. I just don't know if that was the right person to put him in there. I probably would have kept Watkins if you're going to do something like that in the thirteen. That's, it just looked weird. Yeah, I agree with you. So. Um, here's oh, what I, oh, one more thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Last, last, last time I'm going to interrupt. I'm, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you or, or just a situation. You have a, you have Anthony Harris, who's a free agent. You're the general manager. Do you decide you want to use one of your top three draft picks on one of the top safety prospects and insert him? Do you, or do you start Marcus Epps at the starting position, uh, safe, empty starting safety's position next season? 
I, I mean, I'm upgrading. I'm upgrading everything. Um, that safety group needs to be completely reworked. Uh, so yeah, that's where I would, that's, that would be my take. Um, so let's kind of get into what you should be doing during the bye week You should be signing up for Eagles extra on nj.com slash text. We love chatting with you. You get two weeks free. Maybe we'll talk some draft stuff during the bye week and, and, and moving forward you get in-depth analysis and exclusive Q and A's. Also make sure to subscribe to the no huddle show podcast, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We appreciate you listening to us for Chris. I'm Mike. We'll see you after the bye week.